I'm Amy Gumenick, known for Mary Winchester on Supernatural and Carrie Cutter, a.k.a. Cupid, on Arrow, and you're listening to The Fandom Podcast. Welcome to The Fandom Podcast. This is the show that brings together geeks and nerds from across the fandomverse to analyze the news and discuss your favorite TV, movies, comics, and books. This week, we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 6, Episode 7, once more with feeling, but first, presenting Nick English. It's showtime. And there's nothing we can't face, Jeff Dumas. Except bunnies. Bunnies! <laughs> <laughs> and she ain't got that swing, she's Taylor Iverson. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> and they got the mustard out, I'm Brandon Ushio. They so. got the mustard out. Can we yep, put a cap on the number of spontaneous songs that no. we bust into? Not in we, this episode. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to keep this down to a time. I said, put that thing back where it came from. Or okay, so now he's help not me. even using so the right. Me. Now he's not even quoting bum, the right bum, thing. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> you see, right, we just like... used up. You two just used up two of the ones that we have. So, and you didn't. You weren't even talking about Buffy. So, way to go. <laughs> All right, like Jeff was bringing us back to the point, we're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, not to be confused with the movie. The TV show is the one that is written, created, directed by Joss Whedon. At least this episode, all of those things are true. Um, So this episode is our random fandom episode, and this was sent in by the Fandomaniac Wendy. How do I say that? Wendy the Fandomaniac? Fandomaniac Wendy? I would say uh, Wendy. Wendy the Fandomaniac. That's yeah. how I would the say The Fandomaniac. That sounds okay. Wen- Wendy the Fandomaniac. All right. So. Uh, hey, wait, you didn't, sh- do the, didn't do the jingle. You didn't do the oh. thing. Oh, oh my gosh. I have something. You have a Hang thing. On. We're, we're going to do something. Julie, do the thing. You're a wizard. You are entering the random fandom. Jeez, you go through all the trouble of making a thing and you don't even go to use it. <laughs> I made this like two years ago and forgot that I had it until now, and I am we so used glad. It a month that... ago. Well, that was just one time, and I'm not very good at this. Okay, maybe by the time we get to episode 200, we'll see. We'll see. You have literally one job. <laughs> That's I will show you podcast. my screen. I will oh, show you lazy, my screen, yeah. and you will see that there is much more than one thing going on here, Jeff. Your, no, your one job is producing the podcast. You tosser. You had one job to do. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Random Fandom, submitted by Wendy the Fandomaniac. She sent in saying, hey, you should do this one. So, guess what? We are doing this one. If you want to send in your thoughts for what we should do for future random fandoms head over to patreon.com slash fandom podcast become a patron sign up tell us what you want us to do we'll put you on the list and we'll go get going through the random fandoms if we get a lot of them we'll maybe we'll do some more random fandoms throughout the month maybe maybe it'll be a two a month thing instead of just one a month we'll see we'll see what you think about this one also you may you may recognize the voice of taylor iverson because she has been on previously when we were talking about Gilmore Girls and for some reason she decided that she could that she wanted to uh, interact with us again oh and... I came on I came on too for the monster episode don't forget that oh, that's right that you was came a fun on for one the monster episode that was that was a, a fun draft um yeah so this is your third time this yeah, is your third I time think... and you, did you bring your punch card 
yeah, I'm I'm ready. I feel like Wait, I'm part of the family her? now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, man, all I got was a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I have been filling out my punch card, and it's basically just like a little speck of paper now. There's not any more punches. Yeah. Do you that get I can like a free drink it. when it's filled up? Or? I don't know what I get. I'm still trying to figure that out. Maybe like an invitation to Wasatch Con, which we will be going to. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. <laughs> All right, so in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a mysterious force compels Sunnydale residents to sing songs that reveal their true feelings and their deepest, darkest secrets. It originally aired November 6th, 2001. And uh, from this point on, there will be spoilers. So, yeah, if you if this is something you're like, no, I wanted to watch it, go go pause this, go jump on Hulu. Okay, on season six, hold episode on. Seven. on. On that note, if you wanted to watch this, as someone who this is the only episode of Buffy they have seen, don't jump to this episode. This is the only. <laughs> wait, what? This is okay, Jeff, okay, this knew, is the only episode you've seen. Yes, someone doesn't listen to the podcast. What? Yes, this is the only episode I've seen. Not out of like, <laughs> why? Not would, out of like what? spite. It's just like, hmm. why would I want to watch the old show when there's new shows? Uh, because know. this is the most important show that's possibly ever been made. <laughs> wow. that that That's quite a statement. So continue on. Okay. So I guess screw you, Roots. I, I just <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said possibly. Said possibly. I said not po- necessarily. I, I was not firm. <laughs> I'm open, but I'm I'm just floored right now. I am okay, shocked. But do you do you agree with my statement that this should not be someone's first? Oh no, I season? don't know why you. Th- why did you guys do this to him? Oh, because we <laughs> thought it'd be interesting. We thought no. I I totally was like, look, they suggested a Buffy episode. I've never seen Buffy. I wonder what it'll be like for this to be the only episode. I I knew what I, I could have not shown up tonight. So I'm, real quick, we we have every level of Buffy experience slash expertise so we've got jeff who this is his first episode you got me who i watched most of them when they were originally airing slash when they were on tnt like really late at night slash really early in the morning um and then you've got nick who he loves the show he's gonna have a billion quotes i'm sure uh he's who watched watched season six or attempted to get to this episode yeah so then, yeah so, so we got Nick, who's pretty good, and then we have Taylor, who has just completely like internalized all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I just got done rewatching the series, like probably I don't know a month ago, for I don't know what time that was, how many, but we're talking like, <laughs> I mean, it had to be at least like five or six at this point. So I will have to preface this: I have not watched Buffy in a very long time because there's just so much to watch. Every once in a while, I'll throw an episode on here or there. The last time that I finished the series was probably three or four years ago, and I probably haven't watched much Buffy since then. So there really is every level. Did, and I do love this series. So Did you rewatch this, this specific episode before doing the podcast? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. I, so I, So earlier this week, I started watching from the beginning of the season. Because I was like, if I just jump into it right at the seventh episode, it's probably going to be pretty rough. Yeah, very jarring. And so, yeah, and so I, so I made the conscious decision to start at, at episode one, season six, um, just so that I would be able to get the context of coming into it. And the one thing that I do love about Buffy is that each, I mean, there is like an overarching story, but really each season kind of contains itself pretty well. And so you could 
probably for the most part just like jump in at season six if you really want to i don't recommend it because season six is not my favorite but i call it season sex but there's a reason <laughs> for that um but yeah i can see that yeah it, i only saw one episode and i know what you want i understand completely yeah so it this this is the most like relationship like oc drama heavy laden season of buffy like they all kind of have that yeah i really feel i mean i get the whole angel thing i get i mean i get all that right but like this one is just everyone's having it all the time and it and they're trying to push the boundary of it and it's not succeeding in my opinion and it might just be because i really totally completely and utterly loathe tara in every way I just do not like her character at all. And I think she adds nothing to this. Like she adds, okay, she adds to the story, but I think that it was because of her that the se- that the series just kind of like plummeted. Okay, I'm kind of glad to hear you say that, Nick, because in the past when I've been like, I don't really like this character, people would look at me and be like, well, you're just homophobic. I'm like, mm, no. It has nothing and- to do with that. Nothing at all to do with homophobia. I have a theory like- about why, because I, I felt the same way the first probably like, couple times that i watched the series is i wasn't a huge fan of tara but i i think the more i watch it the more i feel like i actually really enjoy her and i enjoy her and willow's storyline but i think it's just coming off for me where i found a lot of my dislike of her is because i love oz so much and i love like oz and willow were really strong for me and so like having to let that go like was really hard (laughs) Oh, I get that. So, but here, here's, I mean, here's the main thing for me. I don't really feel like she's that great of an actress. Number one, I think that her performance in the show takes me out of what's happening. Like she's got this little stutter and it's probably part of her trying to do it. But it, to me, it feels like she's forgetting her lines as opposed to that's the way her character is. And so her, and then, like, when she's trying to show emotion, she doesn't. She closes herself off. I, I don't know. Like, I just don't really love the actress. I think there's a reason why she hasn't been in much stuff after the show. Um, I'm not being, you know, completely candid about it. Like, I just I just really didn't like her. And, and yeah, it, it was really hard. I, th- I think that, like, right at this time is when the series just kind of started, like, getting really hard. And, unfortunately, Hush was the episode that she appeared in, which is, like, one of the best episodes of Buffy ever. It's kind of sad that that's, like, the start of Tara for me. Yeah, I think I season know. six as a whole, to me, has always felt very dark. And I think that's where some people feel like very not affectionate towards it. And I don't know. I think it's very interesting and in that it was like a very interesting choice to go so dark and to explore a lot of different things with the characters that we have grown to know so well. So I, I don't know. I really appreciate season six and what it's trying to do. And although it doesn't always execute it in the best way, I think there are some really strong points in season six. My thought on that is that the, that Joss Whedon was feeling like the series was getting stale. And so he's like, what are we going to do to make it fresh? Or he's, he's, he was saying, we have to push the boundary, right? And so he introduced, you know, a LGBT couple. He introduced, you know, Xander marrying a demon. He introduced, you know, Buffy, like all of this stuff. Like that was, and I think that it was too much at one time. 
Like we had stuff of that all throughout Buffy, but like when we came to the season, it was like, I'm just going to dump everything on you. And it's just like, no. And then on top of that, they do a musical episode. Yeah. And so like, I really feel like even there was a conscious decision that it was like, this is really heavy. So let's try to lighten it up at the middle of it. And I think that that's part of the charm of this episode for a lot of people. And it's also like refreshing because of what we've been dealing with for six episodes before this. Okay. So uh, Taylor, do us a favor, kind of recap season six up to episode seven so that Jeff can, <laughs> Jeff can participate in the conversation and he knows. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. This is what's kind of what's on. going on. So I mean, I just want to go back a little bit to the, just the very end of season five. So at the end of season five, Buffy died and she sacrificed her life basically to save the world and to save Dawn, her younger sister. And so coming back um, in season, in the beginning of season six, it's Buffy is still dead. She's buried. She's in the ground. And at the beginning of season six, they're working together to try to kind of pull off this really big spell to bring her back. And Willow's kind of at the head of that. And uh, Giles doesn't really know much about this. And actually, I think Giles leaves right in the beginning of season six to go back to London because he's basically like, "Uh, there's nothing here for me. Well, he has he has he has a conversation and somebody says to him, well, if if the Slayer's not here, why is the Watcher here? Isn't your aren't you done? Yeah. So he basically goes back. Yeah. So I'm leaving. He leaves right as they bring Buffy back. Um, and then the first few episodes are just kind of them bringing, I think there's a two part episode within that they bring her back. And then the next couple episodes after that aren't super, I would say aren't super heavy on like big things happening in the plot. It's kind of just talks about, um, her coming back like financially and what that means and her trying to get like, uh, figure out how she's going to keep this house and how she's going to take care of Dawn. Yeah, they struggle a lot with the emotion of like she's different. Yeah, like they brought her back, but she's not, she's the, not same the same Buffy. And then you do find out she was, eventually yeah. she the uh, us as an audience well, quote we see a conversation you when you die. between her and Spike, where she lets Spike know that even though all of her friends think they've brought her back from some hell dimension, that she was in heaven or what she thinks was heaven and that it was a good place. And she doesn't know how to, and that's why she's having such a hard time um, coming back into this reality is that she was in a very peaceful and very good place. And they think and so, that they kind of saved yes. her. And so as, and now is hell. So she's living in hell yeah. now, as opposed to where she was happy and like, in heaven before so that's why she's so coming into the musical episode we know that as the audience because she had that conversation with spike but none of the other giles or willow or xander or don none of them know that which is like a huge (laughs) revelation that happens in this episode all right so so that kind of catches us up we kind of know what's going on where people different people's head spaces are uh what what about the fight with Tara and Willow about magic use? Um, so I believe right before this, Willow and Tara getting in a fight about uh, Willow always go, like wanting to use magic and how the spell that she does to bring Buffy back was a lot more dangerous than Willow basically let Tara in on or let her know. And so they fight about that. And instead of um, like them working through that, Willow basically casts a spell to get Tara to, to forget it, to forget their fight. And so that comes up again as well in this episode um, that, you know, that's something that she finds out from Dawn. So I think so kind of what I'm seeing here is that Willow uh, is 
it's kind of like when you're a hammer, everything that you see is a nail. Willow has magic, so everything's solution is magic. Now, granted, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so their magic is the solution to a lot of things, but... Uh, well, and it's very, so, it's very well established that, like, magic has a cost. And even Spike says it in this episode. He's like, magic always has a cost, and I'm not going to mess with it. Um, and so Tara, like, her entire purpose in this show is to, like, basically tell Willow to pull back. I mean, they meet at, like, a Wiccan, like gathering well and there's ob- there's you know, obvious they, you know, parallels like that, that like, uh joss whedon is trying to make with like willows met with magic is i mean it's for me it's pretty obvious like it's drug addiction or it's being addicted to some type of yes. substance like that's the story sure. that he's telling with like willow and that and this i would say this is the beginning of that and of Willow really losing control, and that's part of a huge arc for her this season. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, part of the reason why it is so important is because it touches on a bunch of different social issues without saying, hey, we're going to be talking about drugs. They put in magic. Or, hey, we're going to be talking about depression, but it's because I got brought back to life from heaven. Um, And, I mean, if you want to look at it just as a fun, hey, here's a good story, you can do that. But if you want to be like, oh, my, my friend has depression... And so I need to listen to Spike's song that he sings at the very end uh, to, to tell them, you know, living is how you get over it. Um, all right. So let me ask. So I've got a question then. This this is 17, almost 17 years old. Uh, this this would legally be allowed to drive if it were a person. <laughs> um, oh, Fair enough. So way of looking at life, <laughs> you know, you got those milestones you got to look at. Uh, how does how does it hold up? I'm, I, I want to ask Jeff, being the person who has never seen it before, when you watch this, did you how, how do you how do you feel it holds up time wise? Like, do you look at this and be like, "Wow, that's a throwback"? I'm not sure. Okay, so I've only watched it the once, and only watched it today. So it it didn't seem like it had any dated things in it. I may, might not have been paying close enough attention if there's like a blatantly obvious one. They, they were uh, pulling but, out the Nokia cell phones. Yeah, there was no like, I got to check my pager. You know, it's <laughs> it seems like it could have been in today's times. So, yeah, I think it on that front probably held it up, held it up just fine. What do you think about the music styles? Because the music style is very much uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, but what do you expect out of a musical episode about vampires? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's well, the other interesting that, episode the other thing to that's ask inter- that. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting is this was the first time that Joss Whedon had ever written music. He he actually wrote all the songs, and he he had always wanted to try it, and so he said, I'm going to do it. Like He, he came out and just was like, I'm going to do a musical episode, and he was trying to get a musical episode earlier in the series, but they kept pushing it off and it was actually because the actors didn't want to do it. All of the actors and actresses were saying, we're not singers. We're not, you know, like, I mean, obviously Dawn, um, Michelle, I can never remember her last name, trained in Trendenberg. Yeah. Her, she, she was actually trained in ballet. And so when they asked her to sing, she said, no, I, I don't want to sing. And when she does, you can tell why. And then she said in, but I would like to do oh, a ballet I got number. I sense that there's a big reason none of these people wanted to sing. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's the same reason I don't want us to do a musical episode. 
So I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, but like after all was said and done, like Sarah Michelle Geller even said, she said, I they trained for like three months. Like they would record an episode and then they would go and like go with a, vo- a voice and acting coach and a choreographer for like three or four more hours after they were done recording stuff. And they were training for months and months and months for this. And she was terrified. And 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 then like kind of See, close I, okay, to the so end, I'm, I'm, Joss I'm Whedon. I'm stop you there because yeah. I've got a quote from Sarah Michelle Geller that says that uh, she says, I don't have time to I don't have time and I don't feel confident enough to do it. We didn't get the script until like two or three weeks before because she was originally going to use a uh, somebody else to do the voiceover. Yep. And she, she and she gonna... actually felt bad about it. like no like what I read was that Joss Whedon told her well we'll just have somebody else do it and then in the end she was like well why would I want somebody else to do it at least that's so what, what I read but so though, I'm, I'm looking I mean... at Entertainment Weekly they interviewed the cast for the 20th anniversary of Buffy and mm. uh, they they specifically asked the, asked the cast what do you think about the musical episode and Sarah Michelle Gellar says I'm not a singer I never have been and I didn't have a lot of time with the material. So my original intention was to have someone else do the singing. What I didn't realize at the time is this would be such an emotional arc for the character. I didn't realize that it would be an episode where you found out where she was. I then talked to Joss and said, I didn't, I don't have time to feel confident enough to do it. We didn't get the script until like two or three weeks before. I really went back and forth to whether or not I was going to sing. And Joss said, I'll do whatever I can to make it as easy on you as possible, like bringing in my friend Adam Shankman, but it was, it was exhausting. So what I got out of that quote was that she decided to do it only because the arc for Buffy was so emotional. Well, and I think that's a very interesting point to this episode is that it's not just filler. It's not just like a fun one-off where it's, Oh, and then they're all singing. It's not the flashes musical episode. No, this, (laughs) there is so much character development within this and so much plot development and we get to see the characters grow and we get to see them like find out something really important for the rest of the season and really huge for one of our characters that that's something I always appreciate that it's, yeah, it is a fun episode and it is like kind of light compared to the rest of the season, but it's also like, Hey, here's this really important thing and you do have to pay attention. And it is something, I don't know. It's something I've always appreciated about this episode. Well, I mean this, this show, one of the things that struck me about, about it it is so campy and on purpose goofy and fun. I mean, they even changed the title sequence to be like, this is going to be goofy. This is not going to be like a, a huge production. This is going to be just kind of fun. And so you're sitting there, you're like, this is a fun story. Okay, Buffy. Yeah, we, we understand. She's been kind of distant since she's come back. You know, she's going through the motions. Okay, that's kind of fun. But then all, you know, all the other songs come through and you're like, this is really cool. And then at the very end, when she's singing and she's like, I got pulled out of heaven. And you're like, oh, that's a gut punch right there. This is why, I mean, like you said, you talked to Spike about it earlier, but you really get to know a little bit more because this demon is making people share their deepest, darkest secrets. Well, and you, Allison, Allison Hannigan's like face during that part, like, because she's been fighting. Like, I mean, she's been running this campaign that's like, we need to save Buffy and like she sacrificed herself thinking that she was saving her from something terrible. And like during the entire, you know, this season, I mean, she has been fighting for so long and and like literally having verbal arguments with everyone saying, 
we shouldn't do this. And she's like, no, but I got to save Buffy. And then it's like when they do and she's like trapped inside the coffin, like they raise her from the dead, but they don't realize they had. And then Buffy has to physically fight herself out of the coffin and then like dig herself out like in this terrible zombie like fashion. Like, so how I mean, long it's terrible. was she actually dead? Um, I want to say like, th- I mean, episode, episode wise. wise uh, so episode she di- wise. so she yeah. dies at the very last episode of season five, and then I think we come back, and in season, I think there's a two part episode, and so she's gone for the whole first. I want to say, they're like episode, that's the whole yeah. episode about she... them trying to pull together the spell and us coming back and kind of seeing okay. where they're at, yeah. and then in the part two episode, I think she comes back in that one. The very last, that's, the very last good scene, to hear. the very last scene, they show a picture of her dead in the coffin and then like life comes into her and she opens her eyes. And that's like the end, like still of the first episode. See, that's good to know because lately shows when they kill off characters or put the character in a hard place, they have just immediately brought them back. Supernatural. Immediate- the Flash all of the dcw <laughs> yep yeah so this so, was yeah, an entire so was, like it, so it is wait for the to season to come back and then yeah. yeah it is refreshing well i mean the other ones were season hiatuses too but they solved the problem in the first five minutes arrow played it off as if it never happened you know well so, and i think like it is good to hear that the show actually made an attempt well to, and they do have we are keeping they the do have sarah michelle geller in that first episode because they end up making a buffy bot a robot that's supposed to act for her yeah, so that nobody knows what's going as... on. Yeah, I know. Okay. Like it was that they didn't okay, cut the actress back on the out. It's a ridiculous the, train. Yeah. But... You know, they were trying to make it so that the vampires and all of the, you know, bad guys didn't know that she was gone because if that happens, then somebody's obviously going to try to take over Sunnydale, which happened. So, you know, it was fun. So like the actress was still in the episode more than just like opening her eyes at the end. But all right. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So I, so this is the episode of Buffy that if I'm ever going to go back and watch an episode of Buffy, because I kind of feel like Jeff. I'm like, I watched it, I enjoyed it, but there's new stuff out there. Why would I go back when there's new stuff? And I don't have enough time to watch the new stuff, so why would I watch the old stuff? If there's one episode that would get me to go back, it would be this one. Really? Um, and just, be, yeah, it's just because the music is the campiness and the fun part of it that makes me think this one's fun um so i'm coming back for the music because it's just kind of kind of goofy fun reminds me of my junior high high school time period and so i've got i've got to ask you a question with this show the the song that i always go back to is i've got a theory which one (laughs) is it that you guys what what which was your favorite song in this in this episode Yep, I'm going to make you pick a baby. Here. I'll, I'll start. None of them, because I've only seen it once. Don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, it will mean Okay, I can rephrase that so it's more polite. After I saw The Greatest Showman, I couldn't repeat any single word of any of the other songs. I just knew I liked the music. So at this, I am at to a point where maybe upon a second viewing, I might be able to choose a favorite. But right now, it's all just kind of but they're- blah. I can choose a least favorite. I have a least favorite. Okay. And it was the stupid song between... What's his face and his fiance? Like that Are you was kidding me? That's my favorite oh, really? one. I, that Filler. was going to be like if I had That's to pick funny. a favorite. Oh, see, hey, all of a sudden it was a lot easier for you to choose. No, a favorite. I was there like, <laughs> that was my plan all along. You saved it, Jeff. You saved it. 
No, I had no intention of saving it. I felt that I entire song was a, ridiculous. That song has a lot of callbacks. And, and so if you don't understand context of like their Maybe. relationship and where they're at at that point. Yeah. I didn't find out that chick was a demon until you literally said something in this conversation. So yeah, she, t- she talks about it a little bit in the, sh- in this episode where she's like, I was a demon under- and all I did that- was about rage and stuff. Yeah. You wouldn't catch it. Well, and I think yeah, even with that yeah. song and with every song, like, even though it's like, uh, kind of like you're saying, Brandon, it's campy and it's funny. All those songs like go into the greater story for each of those characters. Like Anya and Xander, that'll go on. Like this comes back and this is huge in their wedding episode and what happens with them and their relationship. And like same thing like Buffy and what she sings about in the beginning is huge. And that comes back of like her feelings and how she feels out of place and very depressed. And like you could argue that for any of them, like Spike's song and him and his relationship with Buffy and I'm trying to think of like or um, Giles and his song like that tells a greater story that will will eventually like lead him to leave again like there's so each song actually like really tells something really important for the rest of the season see and and that's cool in context but uh, I get where I get where Jeff is saying he didn't like it Nicholas Brendan uh, who plays Xander he says, the musical for me was kind of my ultimate because it was so different. It didn't matter if I sucked because I wasn't hired to be a singer or a dancer. So, Jeff, <laughs> I just want to point out, see, like, we can do a musical episode and it can be your ultimate. Oh, Let it be your ultimate, you, Jeff. You can do a musical episode. I might be in St. George that weekend. <laughs> we haven't chosen. We haven't decided on a week yet. We haven't hit our Patreon goal yet. I so. have a lot of family in St. George, which gives me a lot of reason to go to St. George. <laughs> <laughs> also i do this in my own home i can just not turn on the computer oh, oh okay. anyway but more about but less about me not doing the musical episode fans fandomaniacs out there i would love some pressure i'm just saying just saying so well, it's not gonna happen until i see that patron number rise thank <laughs> you new patrons and maybe, and maybe that's this the, week. maybe that's the pressure <laughs> My, if that was the pressure, they I was going to say something mean. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so I think my favorite song was The Mustard. Just that quick, just the yeah, quick. Like... 20, 20 second. No, uh, that one. And also the end, the last one. I, I really feel like the, the I liked the demon, him singing the song about like what he does and stuff. I really like that one. Okay. And I, I probably liked that one the best because because he's the only he's singer. the only singer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, he's 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 definitely got the talent. I liked him when it. his yeah. suit changed colors. That was cool. Yeah. That well, was cool. and I guess if in the reality of the show you're thinking that this is just like a demon coming to make other people sing, it's like really none of those people in the show are supposed to be good singers. They're just people under a spell being forced to sing. Fair point. See, I uh, I was very disappointed in. Uh, one singer in particular, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Nicholas Brendan because like he said, he wasn't a singer. So I can, I can forgive him for that. You know, it wasn't Sarah Michelle Geller. She's not a singer. That's fine. Like she, she actually did, did best, really well. And she did really well. Yeah. The one that drove me nuts. I was like, is this really him? Was James Marsters because he was supposed to be one of the guys who actually could sing and had a history of performing music. And I was like, I, just, I, I don't like his singing at all. I think Not it's because bit. he was trying yeah, to Yeah, that's add what his I was going to just say, is I think... Like, I noticed, I noticed trying that. To sing yeah, because he doesn't have a British accent in real life. And so I just wonder, and 
Uh, it was very surprising to me. And it does sound like, to me, it sounds like in his song <laughs> that he's singing that he still has a very like Spike-like voice that I wonder if he had to like alter the way that he was singing. I also okay. feel like his song didn't like give him much to do either. Like his his song was kind of boring. And who holds a who holds a funeral in the middle of the night? Yeah, I know that's one, that was one of my things too. Is like, why is there a priest and why are these people here at like? But all of midnight? that to me, that song Not is so funny. They were doing that their song own musical. So funny, number. like the beginning of him wanting to hurry and get her to leave because he knows that he's gonna burst out into song, and he I don't know. Like I always feel like he's so embarrassed. Like <laughs> and he's like just trying to be like, oh yeah, so are you done? Uh, and he's like holding the door open, and she's like, why are you being so weird? And then he starts singing, and he he keeps doing that thing where he's like. Well, you can just leave now, but then he he'll keep singing to her. I don't know. I think all of that is very funny well, to me. And I think that that also stems from the fact that he doesn't want to confess his undying love yeah. of her because he's been burying exactly. those feelings, and then he, or you know, doesn't want that. Hey, to remind come out. remind me why he is so like in, under Buffy's spell. Isn't there a reason, or is it just that he like? No, loves I her? think it's. I don't think there's a specific reason. I think it's this growing thing that you've watched. Spike and Buffy is to me one of the most interesting and like complex relationships that they show on the show and watching it like grow from just like, he's totally a villain and it's very black and white to like slowly them entering him first. Like, Oh, he's just kind of for like some comedy. He kind of just comes in and says some funny things to like him being more and more present in the show and their relationship growing. And you can see him come to really respect her and to almost idolize her in a way. And then I think purely it comes as just like a physical thing and him being sexually attracted to her to that growing to him, like really respecting her as a person. I don't know. It's very interesting. Okay. Um, that must be something else that I was thinking. Huh? Yeah, that's okay. So Nick, you liked the last song. The, and, yeah, the, and for a while, I thought you were talking about uh, when Buffy was, singing her heart out and was about to burst into flames no well that one that and, was fine too but no i really like i like the one with the demon when he changes clothes and stuff like and he's yeah he's talking he's talking to dawn and telling her like what he does and like that she's his queen now because he thinks that she's the one that like summoned him okay know? let's talk about let's talk about that for a second so it's a classic how did he, whedon how, how did this demon <laughs> get summoned how did this demon get summoned it was it was Xander. Okay, so, Freaking Xander. So Xander, yeah, Xander did it <laughs> because he thought everyone would like need to be happy because everyone was so like miserable all the time. And like this sort of story arc is a classic thing that happens in Buffy all the time where it's like you think that something's going on over here and then it's, it's a, the complete it's a real opposite. Fake out. Like, this is just the way that Joss... Yeah, it's just the way that Joss Whedon writes. Like it, like Jeff said that the other episode that he knows of Buffy is about this huge demon that everyone's super scared about, and then when he's summoned, it's a tiny little two-inch man, and they stomp him to death at the end. Like that, that is like Buffy. Like it's just like the villain is supposed to be this scary puppet that's like a ventriloquist dummy, and then it ends up he's the hero of the entire story, and the real villain is something else. Like he really just loves to do fake out stories and this is just a classic example of Whedon doing it in Buffy. So, was he really defeated because Xander did the necklace thing and not a female? So, he, is that really all it took? So, he was Or did I just he, have a stroke? He didn't want he didn't want to quote unquote marry him because that was part of the deal. And so technically, yes. Like he he was going to take Dawn back 
And that was part of the, you know, summoning is that that would happen. And because Xander didn't read the fine print, you know, in the spell, which he never does, <laughs> you know, and the, the demon said, as tempting as it is to have you come back and be my, you know, spouse, I, yeah. I'm going to pass. He says, does that mean I have to be your wife? Yeah. And he goes, as tempting as it is, we'll help, we'll void that clause or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And so he, he just says, you know what? You know, we're, we're going to stop now. Like, we're, we're not going to do this. One of the best lines in any of the songs, though, was when that demon was singing to Don, and Don was all like, I'm 15, this has got to be illegal. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I laughed pretty hard at that one. Okay, but let's go back to Xander uh, for a second, because, okay, so he was the one who summoned this demon. He knew that there was going to be singing and dancing. So at the very beginning of the show, when they see, I've got a theory, why didn't Xander say, hang on, hang on. Yes, your theory's right. It's a demon. And I summoned him. Here's I guess because he didn't want to get in trouble. But he's under the spell of this demon. And Plot. he's putting all these deep, dark secrets out there. And Anya finds out a bunch of the stuff that he is, that he's upset about. Plot. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that well, I can think of. The it's, only it's the same reason Rick didn't shoot Negan real fast, because if he did that, we wouldn't have an well, episode. Doesn't Giles... <laughs> well, and it makes me want to go well, back d- and watch it. <laughs> now I want to see what he does well, say Giles in that does song. Sing. The first line, you know. I believe, is um, maybe it's a demon, a dancing, de- a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. And then that's like the first line of the song. Um, and so he actually says, like, the first line of that song is the right. It is a, de- it is a demon, a dancing demon. <laughs> which I always find is like pretty funny. Yeah. So Xander, so Xander's line in that song, his little cadence is, I've got a theory. We should. Oh, and he makes, out. he makes the joke about, yeah, so he just, I've got a theory. It could be witches, some evil witches. That's what he says. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that, that comes no, a little of course later. Not. Witches aren't evil. What are you talking about? And then he says, right. witches, witches ridiculous. Cause witches, they and were Wicca persecuted good. and Wicca, Good, and women power and, and I'll be over here. And woman power and I'll be <laughs> Which over here. Which is a here. great line. Yeah. So um, my favorite part about that entire song, though, I've got a theory. It could be bunnies. Yes. And then. Mm-hmm. Uh, bunnies are terrible. And everyone just stops and looks at her. Yeah. And then uh, and then Anya built her little rock, hard rock belting solo. Uh, bunnies, bunnies. Wait, is her bunnies thing because um, she's well, a it's, demon? it's established. Oh, it's established earlier on. I think in the fourth season that Anya is just like terribly afraid of bunnies, and I think it happens first in the Halloween episode where Xander says, "Oh, dress up for Halloween. Guess come as something scary," and she shows up in a giant bunny costume, and so then it's just like dropped in every once in a while that she's like really terrified of bunnies. So I think that's supposed to be like a callback. Oh, yeah, it's a it's. Just um, a you do find out eventually in like a later, okay. I think in season seven, it goes back to Anya's, um, like her previous life before she became a demon, and I think you find out for some reason why she is afraid of bunnies, but I can't I can't quite remember why. But they do tell you. They've got them hoppy legs and twitchy little noses. And what's with all the carrots? I mean, yeah. Those are some important questions. That rabbit is dynamite. <laughs> that was last episode, Nick. Yeah, well. That's never stopped him before. 
<laughs> oh no, no, yep, no! It hasn't. Oh, that was fifty oh, episodes ago. Let's is. bring that up. Again. There it is. So. That's the most bloodthirsty creature you've ever seen. What behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit. Oh, you got us all worked up for nothing. See, bunnies are scary. Agreed. To be fair, that bunny is terrifying. Okay, so I, uh, all right, so Xander somehow is able to withstand the spell of removing inhibitions oh, wait, to say, maybe, hey, no, I summoned sorry, a demon. I don't want to, but because... maybe that's part of the spell that he can't tell them. Wait. Eventually but then he did. when Does... it's, yeah, maybe he maybe can tell, he the, can demon, tell so the demon, so the demon takes the right. The people affected? I don't know. Never mind. Maybe Joss Whedon wrote an episode. It doesn't matter, ending. guys. It's a good episode. Let's stop hmm. picking nits. Is it, though? But, so is Xander responsible for all of the deaths, then? Oh, absolutely. Yep, that's canon. He should be put in jail. And he should be... I started that sentence sarcastically, but actually, yeah. He, it's like, you. your actions led to a lot of death, dude. That happens a lot like, in the show. Again, only episode. Mm, maybe but that guy that was still, tap dancing like, that you know caught on fire deserved it. He was secretly a serial killer. Yeah, but had Buffy exploded, everyone would, eventually he would he probably would have broken down in tears, saying it's my fault. I'm then the one that summoned this again. demon. I think. Yeah. Oh wait, he did. He might not have known he summoned it, but once he put all the pieces together, he was probably like, "Oh crap, that's <laughs> this was me." I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so one of the things that I found really interesting about this show that I felt like was a little bit of a digging deeper reference was that uh, so this, this demon used music to remove people's inhibitions. And so I was like, I bet you there have been studies done that say that that, that music does remove people's inhibitions. And I found a book called Social Work in Health and Mental Health Issues, Developments and Actions uh, uh, that says music evokes some response from everyone touching each of us at a profound level by altering timber dynamics, tempo and pitch. Music has the ability to, bl- to bind people together, send them into an emotional trance or aggressively into battle. Music can remove inhibitions, alleviate or induce sadness, arouse feelings of joy and confidence and unlock creativity and hidden talents. So I think I think this episode of Buffy is is grounded in science. That's, I'm, I'm going to say this is a scientific <laughs> episode of Buffy. You should tell that to my employer who refuses to think that we can listen to music and what? work at the same time. That's crazy. Okay, guys. So we, we've kind of covered a lot about this. Do you guys have any final thoughts about this before we move into the Fandomaniac feedback that we have gotten? I just feel like I need to say that I love this episode and I love Buffy because I feel like you guys aren't giving it enough love. <laughs> Wait, wait, you love Buffy? As a self-proclaimed Buffy enthusiast. It's not like the only reason you're currently having this conversation. Self-proclaimed? I don't think you have to proclaim that. I think it's just evident. Hi, my name's Taylor. I Um, love Buffy. That's how I I, uh, introduce myself to all people. We'll start start this group. (laughs) We hold these truths to be self-evident. Taylor is a Buffy fanatic. Fanatic makes me sound crazy. Well, you do spend time with us. Yeah. Okay. I'm a only like three times. Somewhat same sane person. All right. We'll take your word on that. So, uh, Nick, did you have anything else that you wanted to add about this episode? I loved everything. Well, okay, loved. I like everything about this episode. Oh, except I, for Tara. I'm sorry. I take something I back. A... Can I add something too after Nick's done? 
Oh, I just wanted no, to talk about ahead. how nope. it, more annoying <laughs> than Tara ever is, is how annoying Dawn is. I find her extremely annoying throughout the show. And especially when she was singing her line about, does anybody even notice? Does anybody even care? I just thought, no, no one does. And also the line of uh, Dawn's, what was it? Dawn's in trouble. It must be Tuesday. That also felt very iconic to me. Well, and, th- and that's kind of Dawn's character. I mean, if you kind of know how she came about, it's kind of weird. I mean, we don't need to get into that because that's a whole other season. That was I funny. Liked her, I liked her pterodactyl line. <laughs> she So, I mean, it, it's obviously playing on the idea that she's always living in Buffy's shadow. And so that's why she is starting to steal yeah, stuff. That's, that's another thing laid in. An overarching thing. And that she she steals, she steals the pendant. And that's why the demon thinks that she's the one that summoned him. Because she's wearing this pendant that she stole from the shop. And she's doing that. She's acting out because she doesn't feel like anyone sees her. They just always focus on Buffy, which they I do know. because she's the slayer. And so it's just another, it's just another layer that you know, Joss Whedon has put in here that is sad. I mean, it really is sad. And there are a lot of people that feel that way. And if somebody feels that way, they can relate to that character and maybe even, you know, do it. And I don't know. I mean, you, you were never the little sister, Taylor. So you can't relate to that. (laughs) To be fair, neither were you. (laughs) I was never the little sister, but I was. I just find Dawn very grating and annoying. And I just feel like she's always messing things up and making things harder for the main characters who I like more for the most part. Yeah. For plot. (laughs) In her defense, in her defense, uh, when she was left at the house by herself and she... And the, and she got into this trouble. No, it was not her fault. I mean, aside from putting on, I mean, the, she tried really hard to make it so that she could be alone because she doesn't feel. No, like and I, she's, I, I get that. Know, like that, she's always watched on. She's micromanaged, and so she's like, "No, you can go, you can go." And it was kind of a moment for her to also realize, "No, you, you know, you're not okay. We do need to watch after you." You know, which I think yeah. every fifteen year old feels guess- right. Yeah. Like every 15 year old out there wants that. She wasn't so. as grating, but I just, even just with when they um, kind of like touched on her shoplifting problem that becomes more of a thing throughout the season, I just felt like, oh, like a stab of annoyance of like, oh, I really hate, like, I hate that whole storyline. And I hate when it's like, well, I just am lonely and no one cares about me. So I had to steal things. I don't know. And just when that all comes out, I find that very frustrating. And, just Don. That just sounds like bad Nina. writing to me. Ugh, like she bothers me more than Tara ever has. <laughs> oh, Tara. So I think it's really important right now to uh, to point out we are talking about we we are not talking about Joss Whedon, the person. We're talking about about his works, and uh, I think there's an important time and place to talk about people, and an important time and place to talk about their creative endeavors. Um, and so I'm sure there's somebody listening to this being like, but Joss Whedon has, has been proven to be a terrible person. And wait, nerds are mad at Joss Whedon again. Freaking nerds. (laughs) Well, he is, he said some really terrible things and his ex-wife said some things that are pretty damning. So he, I've heard stories about him that he's like, he's he's, he's not the pillar of, uh, feminist, uh, pro-feminist writing that, 
he was held up to be at one point. Yeah, social warrior. So, yeah. Um, okay, so Jeff, did you have any any last thoughts about about this episode? I still wouldn't recommend it to be your first episode. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I wouldn't either. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, Jeff's going to hate this. <laughs> I'll be the dissenting voice. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, okay. So if you really wanted to understand everything that happened in this episode, go for it. Well, if, if, if they're listening but... to us at this point, I <laughs> oh, think no, they they're could start with this point. episode. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're committed at this point. Um, It didn't deter me from Buffy. We'll see. I mean, I, at this point, I'm only not watching it out of... There are just more stuff that I know I'm going to like as opposed to like, as opposed to needing to go back to something I've been told I'm going to like. And generally in my experience, me being told I'm going to like something is the quickest way for me to find out that thing sucked. So we'll see. I actually have no idea if you would like Buffy. I would be really interested to know, like legitimately if you did tell you what, if someone it was who it was Wendy who suggested this, right? Yeah, Wendy. When your turn comes back around, suggest the pilot, and then suggest episode two, and eventually I'll just have seen all <laughs> Jeez, of them. There you go. But I'm okay. only watching it if when it's I suggested. when I first saw this, I was in junior high. Is when it first came out, and my friend, how year old? My friend um, Tyson, he he loved it, but he had a thing for Sarah Michelle Geller, so it was part of it. And I remember watching it when I was, you know, 15, 14. I don't remember how old I was. And there was a lot of witchcraft in it. And there was a lot of like stuff like that. And that made me feel uncomfortable, like, because I was just, I was just really like sheltered. I don't know if that's the word, but I was just innocent at that point. Like I hadn't never seen that point. I'd never seen a rated R movie. You know, I shied away from like bloody and gore stuff because it always made me queasy. I still kind of have an issue with it a lot. You know, and so like this, this show, even when it came out, that sort of stuff just wasn't on TV very often at all. And, and it kind of broke barriers along that line too, that it wasn't like, you know, the perfect Christian family or the perfect whatever that, you know, the TV people thought that America needed, you know, and censorship or whatever, like it, it really broke some barriers that way of showing like demons and scary stuff like that, that like people now are just like, dude, that's supernatural. And I watch that every five minutes, but it was because of a show like Buffy that we were able to get, you know, push the boundaries of stuff like that. And that's part of the reason that Joss Whedon is also heralded is because this series was groundbreaking not only on that front, but it also had a female lead. It also, you know, brought pop culture into TV, which didn't really happen that much. I mean, The Simpsons did it, um, but like bringing like current events and pop culture into a show and actually referring to it really didn't happen a lot either. And so that's another really cool thing that was that Buffy did that is weird because now that's just everywhere. But during that time, it was a big deal. So I had one last thing. Uh, sorry. No, this is real quick. Yes or no. When it was aired, did people know it was going to be music? Was it like next week on Buffy, the musical episode? Or was it a, oh my gosh, they're doing a musical episode? Just out of curiosity for people who know. Nick, you were there apparently. I did not watch this when it aired. I want to say so I, I remember I have no idea. advertising for this. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that he promoted young. it. Yeah. I, I, I want to say I remember them promoting 
the fact that it was going to be musical and the circles that I ran in with drama and choir and stuff like that, it was a big deal. So I, I vaguely oh, remember that. Um, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't jarring that all of a sudden everyone was singing. Okay. So, that so, was, that was like my first yeah, thing part of the reason that I told people? the story is that it was scary when I was young is I actually didn't watch this show in its entirety until I was married because I was like, when you had your wife to protect yes you. no it was because i had grown <laughs> up and i was less like jarred by those things i do remember i used to watch this before i went to bed and that was a huge mistake because the end song is so loud and just like abrupt that like it would always wake me up so like i had to stop watching it before i went to bed because i'd like fall asleep during the episode and then it was like not wake up and turn it off turn it off and then go back to bed so Anyway, <laughs> that's what people are doing with this podcast right they, now. Dude. Yeah, they were asleep oh, until okay. they went. Nah, 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 oh, no, nah. they turned it off. Like, and then they woke back up. No, nah, they turned it off 50 minutes ago. So, um, all right. Well, I checked Zencaster for that. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Didn't we have some feedback about this? We got mostly we, from we Wendy. A ton of feedback. Uh, we multiple people sent feedback. So, Wendy, let's know, start with her since this was her recommendation. This is her idea. Thank you, She's, Wendy. Thank you for sending this in. She says, first off, I need to begin with saying that this is hands down my favorite Buffy episode. It is so much more than just a musical. It is a fantastic musical. Uh, Fantastic. Compared to like La La Land and Greatest Showman, mm, it was good. No, no. it was good. You can't compare it to modern musicals. Yeah. I haven't seen La La Land, so I don't know. Um uh, but more, th- but more than that, it really touches on the depths of the characters and shows the darkness of the sixth season in a lighthearted way. Kind of what go into what Taylor was saying earlier. Uh, she says each character has been struggling with their own demons in this season. Buffy being ripped out of heaven by her friends, Xander's apprehension to tell his friends about his engagement, Anya being upset that Xander is hiding the engagement, both of their fears around getting married, Giles thinking he let Buffy down, and my favorite, Spike's ongoing torment by his love for Buffy. Um, so she goes on to say the writers did a fantastic job in capturing every emotion through song and tying it all together in a standalone performance that was beautifully accompanied by spot on cheesy Broadway choreography. The actors brought these lyrics to life and through all the emotions of their characters in your face. It makes us the audience smile, laugh, and at times maybe shed a tear for the fantastically thought out episode that is once more with feeling since this episode aired many, many years ago, (laughs) I have always gone back to it and even downloaded the soundtrack to listen to outside of the show my favorite song is currently spikes let me rest in peace one heartthrob yes you heard brandon read that one heartthrob uh two epitome of forbidden love three tearjerker also i absolutely need to give mad love to james marster's british accent he's actually a california surfer boy so apparently the heartthrob is enough to outweigh the the my opinion in singing i do have to say though there were a lot of my friends that talked about i love spike a lot for that exact reason so um yeah he he had a profound i think that he was actually not going to be a recurring character and and then the the fangirl the fangirls and the fanboys just loved him so much that then he was literally written into the next series and then he actually got billing too it wasn't just like special featuring you know james marsters like he got written into the show because he did such a good job so good job james 
So, Nick, I'm going to let you finish her final word for her. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> final word. Oh, that's right. They got the mustard out. <laughs> yep, Perfect. it's happening to everyone. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Um, also, that fulfilled her last request. She says, cannot wait to hear you guys, you guys and your thoughts on this episode of Random Vandom. cannot wait. Yes, please cannot sing. wait. She cannot wait to hear our thoughts. But now she's heard them, so we're done. Well, and Wendy see, sounds great. Right? I agree with everything she said. And she sounds like she loved this episode a lot more than you guys do. So hey, I appreciate her. I, I don't fair. dislike it. And I enjoyed it. There, there were just. I knew that we had you on here to love it. So it just kind of like, sucks as a pilot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would agree. I don't know why this is not a good idea. It so. was for it was for this conversation I, right see, now. And yeah, I also feel fine. like for, for me, it was it was kind of bad that I had to just come into the thick of it of tar of 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 Tara. Season like season. she, I mean, she just gr- grinds my gears. I just. Wow, Nick. Why don't you tell no, us like, how you I'm, really feel? She like I really feel like she is just the weakest thing in Buffy and it just really hurts me. She had one of my favorite lines of, Oh, those boys were noticing me. I'm cured. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Like she does have some good lines, but I just don't there, like everyone, I just I think everyone you hated has a good has a funny moment. Well, my yeah, show. I mean every everyone has a funny moment in this show. Like that's part of the charm of it. My only problem with but... Tara in this episode was her outfit. That's what I always notice. <laughs> yeah, what was she some... wearing? She was wearing like some Renaissance corset. I don't know. Cool. I just thought that was very jarring. But she always I, kind I, of. I does feel that. like that is why the guys were looking. Yeah, at her. they weren't like, "Oh, she's hot." They're like, saying, "What the hell is she wearing? Like, what is she wearing?" See, and for me personally, they were clearly looking at Willow, like one hundred percent looking at Willow, and Willow was just being it's like, "Because you married a redhead, isn't it?" Maybe they thought both of them. No, were... it's because Allison Hannigan is much more attractive. All right, that's true. I'll say it. But yes, she, I mean, and then she was just being like, hey, just to kind of make her feel good because she's been screwing with her mind. She's just manipulative. It was just a pity compliment. That's what you're saying. See, and I've never, yeah, like I've never felt like their relationship was really that genuine to me. And that might just be, I don't know why. Like, I mean, and it's not, it's not a homophobic thing. It's just, I just never felt like everyone's always like, you guys are so cute together. And I'm like, they're not cute together. I don't get this. I never felt they had chemistry, and that might be part it's of the a reason. Toxic relationship. Yeah, and maybe it's because I saw that, but I don't know. Like I just, I just never have really All loved right. it. So Nick Fillier wrote in. He says, "All right, where do I start with once more with feeling? First off, the choreography is so much fun. The songs and the themes are amazing." I love how much they match all the music with the styles, uh, styles of music and the style of dance that the song relates. My favorite songs are Walk Through the Fire one and Ending Song with a Demon. It's hilarious that Spike songs also, okay, as much as I hated Spike songs, Nick has a point and I didn't realize it until I read his comment here. Uh, It's hilarious that Spike songs first off are awesome, but they don't rhyme. He uses the same word to end every verse that should rhyme. Uh, I didn't notice he does? that. <laughs> yeah, I would. Back. So wait, can you give Nick? me an example so, of this? Do you remember one? Uh, so uh, let's see. I guess not. Uh, he's got the lyric. He's got the lyrics. I can't remember one. Cite your source. Uh, I know. So I'm I'm looking at the lyrics right here. We you see we hear we trust our listeners uh, see, and the feedback. See, I, I, I trusted you, Nick, and in the let me rest in peace. I see that. Uh, let me rest in peace. 
Let me get some sleep. Let me take my love and bury it in a hole six foot deep. So he, he rhymes sleep and deep. Um, but re- let me rest in peace. He used peace a lot. A lot of the lines end with peace so that he wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to, uh, rhyme those. He, he also, but that was very nineties esque music. Uh, they, they would rhyme the same word with the same word a lot. Um, Thanks Eminem. So yeah, yeah, geez, geez. Uh, Cause I Don't listen insult to Eminem. Uh, Eminem is a big <laughs> fan of this podcast. Eminem, Warner Brothers, and Ben Affleck are all listening, and we insult them a lot. <laughs> and, and Disney. Didn't Disney say? Oh, wait, no. no Disney's no. just listening. Disney just listens because they listen to everything. Uh, the offer's still valid. You can, you can purchase us at any moment. We are for sale. All right. Um, okay, so, but talking, looking past the singing and dance, it was a very deep episode. Everyone is forced to let out their true emotions and thoughts. I can absolutely see why Wendy knows it word for word. If you're a fan of musicals or Disney, this is the perfect episode. And cannot forget the sexual innuendos. Oh my gosh, there were there innuendos. Um, That's also a very says, buffy if you thing. have it. Yes, uh, if you have an immature mind, at, or if you have an immature mind, you might giggle at sexual references. Then this is the episode for you. I think that's what the Joss Whedon wants to put on the cover for this one. Uh, you know how they put quotes on there every once in a while. This is the one. Uh, if you have an immature mind and, and might giggle at sexual references, this is the episode for you. Um, <laughs> he says, "I'm all of the above." I think we found an episode title. <laughs> um. Wendy has passed out completely. I think I might watch it one more time. I hope he does it with feeling. Um, I hope I hope I respond appropriately. I tend to get off track easily and not very good at reviews. I think you did a great job. Great job. Also, I'm not sure I like how it ends. Right. So, and we and we I, did cover that in our, in our discussion. I think one of the funniest cuts in the episode is uh, when it cuts from Willow and Tara's song to it just has a hard cut to Xander. Do you guys know? Do you remember what I'm talking about? And he's yes, yes. Where he's like, did you see them with the? Let's yeah, get a or he's he's like, I bet they're other. not even doing research right now, or I don't know. It cuts to him and he says some like it just has a very hard cut, like in the middle of their song, almost. Yeah, and that yeah. song, that and song Dawn is, is in pretty, there, isn't she? Pretty intense, along those lines. All right. Our final bit of feedback is from Kenny Smith. She says, it is awesome that I can share classics with my kiddos binge watching Buffy because, well, we can't hashtag raising them right. So good for you. Good for your kids to be trained up in the classics of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, um, all right. So we got through the feedback. That is what we got. Uh, let's end this by everybody rating this. Let's do it out of five. What? Um, yeah, we're, right. I'm making you rate this. We've talked about it now. Now you're gonna have to rate this. All right, who's first? So, let's 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 let Taylor go first because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know what she's gonna rate it. Um, well, I'm gonna rate it a five out of five. What? Shocking! Oh my gosh. I know. Five wooden spikes out of five. Um, five beady eyes out of five stakes. beady eyes. <laughs> All right, um, Jeff, how about you? Uh, Taylor's gonna hate me. I give this like a two. Again, context of only this episode, it's not. I think great. that's understandable with this being your first ever Buffy episode. Yeah. I I can understand. Yeah, I'm sure if I got the other five seasons of context, I'm thought I might have enjoyed it, but yeah, this 
it's a it, this is a very crappy pilot <laughs> you know season six episode seven is a I bad pilot That's funny. all right <laughs> okay uh nick i will give it four you? jazz hands out of five mainly just because oh. of tara that's the only reason all right well i think we're going to cover the spectrum here because i'm going to give this this guy three stolen amulets out of five because the music was fun it was a there was a there's some great ideas for the story it just wasn't executed quite well enough and so if i think if i'm going to go back and watch this i I'm not. Maybe I'll go on to Spotify and download the album and listen to the album every once in a while, like once every couple of years. But I'm not going to, This is, with as much media that is out there, I'm not going to keep coming back to this one. Um, My probably biggest problem with this is this made the musical episode like a thing, like everyone has to do a musical episode, and it wasted an episode of The Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Never not going to be mad at that episode. So... This is before this yeah. one. There was an Ally McBeal episode, but this is the episode. And when you say musical episode, people go back to. Yeah, I, I didn't know there was an Ally McBeal. So, well, Joss like Whedon with Scrubs and like a yeah. yeah. Okay, so, Joss Whedon. What? Joss Whedon really wanted to do this episode, um, and the cast was like, "No, we don't want to do it." And then Ally McBeal did it, and he was like, "Guys, they did my idea. We've got to do it." And so then he stepped out and said, "No, this is how you actually." Another interesting thing about this episode is that this is one of the handful. I think there were three or four um, episodes that was filmed on wide film, so that he could air it in the theater. And they actually did do that. They they aired this episode in the theater and encouraged people to sing along, much like they do with. Uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, but right around 2005, 2009, in there somewhere, seven, um, there was a dispute for money, and then they stopped airing it in theaters. Um, so they, he was trying to actually create kind of a Rocky Horror Picture Show type atmosphere or something along those lines where people could sing and have fun in the theater. And he was able to achieve that later on by doing Dr. Horrible's. So interesting little tidbit about this episode too that is interesting well i definitely still listen to the soundtrack pretty regularly and i love it i think it's great i stand by my five all right so if you want to argue with uh, me and jeff because apparently nick and taylor love this head over to fandompodcast.com slash group and uh, join the Fandomaniacs group over there we've got a lot of good discussion going on over there we already have a lot of good discussion about buffy the vampire slayer going on over there so we would love your your comments over there. Or if you don't want to do the whole Facebook thing, you can send us an email at to feedback at fandompodcast.com. Uh, send us a message on Twitter at fandomcast. Uh, however you want to communicate with us. Uh, if you want to, you can head over to patreon.com slash fandompodcast, become a patron, and send us a message over there. Uh, we have started to develop some really great relationships with our patrons, and uh it has, it's been a lot of fun. So if you think these shows are worth about 12 and a half cents per episode, go sign up to be a patron for a dollar a month or there's no, there's no top limit. If somebody was like, no, I really want you to listen to my point about uh point about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And you, you, you wanted to put in like a thousand dollars a month. Like, like, like we said, we're for sale. <laughs> we're, we, we, you can, you can do that. So anyway that's that's over at patreon.com slash fandom podcast uh other ways to support us are some our some affiliate links which we have in the show notes so until next time we did the whole duet about dinner last night i'm not exactly shaking in my designer yet affordable boots 
This is my verse. Hello. May the fandom be with you.